Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of From, From the, the Lower Level. I'm your host, Moshi. And I'm Patricio. And Moshi, the desert is ruthless, but nothing is more savage than me. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really wish that this is one of those episodes where I do wish that we were recording this as a video because our listeners need to see what I am witnessing right now. Let me describe it. Patrizio is sitting on a throne with fur, draped in fur. You would think he was at Sutton's tea party or the King of the North if you uh, love a bit of Game of Thrones. Like, it's giving Viking. (laughs) It's giving royalty. This is, like, vintage... 2020 target realness okay Target, honey Target. <laughs> um i mean look it much to people's surprise it gets cold in the lower level oh i mean honey it gets cold in the lower level 100 percent. there's actually there's this tiktok out at the moment where it's like um a guy who's migrated to australia from canada And he was just basically saying about Australia, just in general, um, particularly about the East Coast where we live, that it's like, yes, you know, it's generally warmer than everywhere everywhere else in the world, but our nights are insanely icy. This is a man who grew up in the ice. Um, So, yeah, it does get cold. And that made me feel a bit better, like I'm not overreacting. Oh, no, it's totally a thing. I mean, I, I hate to turn this into a weather podcast. No, let's turn it into a weather podcast. When you tell your international friends that it's, you know, it's freaking cold here right now and they ask, oh, how cold is it? And you're like, well, it's 13 degrees Celsius. And they literally laugh in your face because in <laughs> other countries it gets to like Minus. zero. It goes below zero. Yeah. Like, yeah, the cold is it just hits different here. It just does hit differently. Yeah, you, you can't trust the thermometer because it's like 13 degrees Celsius feels more like minus five. You know, that's that's the truth of it. But um, you're absolutely right. Before we turn this into a weather podcast, this week we're going to be talking about Ultimate Girls Trips Season 2. Well, yeah, Season 2, Episode 4. So our ex-wives, we're going to be looking at the latest episode of Beverly Hills that caused a lot of controversy. And we'll be finishing up with our ladies from Dubai. But before we get into that, Patrizio, let's talk about the word on the street. Okay. Well, I mean, look, it has been a busy week. But we're going to start fun. We're going to start with, um, we finally sort of got confirmation this week on the real House Size Ultimate Girls trip, the latest season, season three, which is due to be filming in the middle of this month of July in Thailand. Nice. And we got the the pairings. So we found out from the real House Size of Potomac, we've got Giselle and Candace. Okay. From Salt Lake City, we've got Heather Gay and Whitney Rose. Interesting. Miami, of course, Alexia and Marisol. Gotta love it. And then from New York, we've got Leah McSweeney and Tinsley Mortimer. Well, yeah, besties for life. 
how do you feel about this cast, Moshi? Well, I've slept on it a little bit and I think it makes more sense. I don't think Candace deserves to be going on this trip because just, no, just bias. Like, my bias is that I hate her. So I think it should have been La Dame or it should have been um, Ashley or essentially anyone but Candace. I would have liked them to bring Katie back just for Ultimate Girls Trip, to be honest. That could be fun. Um, given that the word, the rumour around uh, Salt Lake City is that bad weather, which is how I would have thought you would have introduced them, um, aren't really mates at the moment, I'm surprised. I, I think it might be interesting to see them travel away together and have to potentially address why they're not friends. Um, and... How is Marisol going away when she's not a current housewife? Or does this mean that she's going to be a current housewife on season five of Miami? Miami. Sorry. <laughs> Moshi, Leah and Tinsley are both former housewives also. So, like. Yeah, but, I, yeah, it's a weird one. I, I never, I guess maybe what they're trying to go for is, like, friends. Is that it? Is that what they're doing? Mates. I think as we discussed last week, I think having pairings where they're actually friends or know each other or were like besties on the show, it's probably going to result in a better outcome than the mess that we're currently watching. True. Um, and so far from the Ultimate Girl Strips, we've never had anyone from Potomac. We've never had anyone from Salt Lake City. We've never had anyone from Miami. No, we haven't. And... I don't, I don't know. I think, look, I would have swapped out Candace for, like, Robin. But you know what, though? Maybe swap out Giselle for Ashley. A hundred percent. Ashley and Candace. That could yes. be interesting. I mean, no, I just don't like Candace. Yeah, well, you don't like her, but you know what? We've got to have her. It's got to have her. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, interesting to see what happens with bad weather, you know, if they are truly not talking to each other or on bad terms. I mean... Who knows what will happen? I mean, Leah and Tinsley, why? why? Well, I think it's going to be interesting because I don't think Leah's drinking at the moment anymore. Um, and I think, you know, I, but I'm just saying, like, it'll be interesting to see what that what that's like when they go away. Who do you think will get arrested first? <sighs> Tinsley. I think it'll be Candace. <laughs> No, I think I think you know what I think. Candace and Giselle—they actually are the ones that will like. They they know. I think they know when they're traveling abroad what to do and what not to do. <laughs> uh, potentially, it's going to be interesting. Um, so there's that. But Moshi, I think like the oh, let let's keep it light still. Let let's keep All it right. light. We'll move from we'll move from lightest to darkest. Okay, you know. Some people might say that, you know, what do you mean by darkest? You know? I, would, you know, I would say, <laughs> what does crystal mean by darkest? <laughs> I'm just like, what really went down the drips, you know? We found out this week that um, Leah Black, the queen of Miami, is making a return on the upcoming season five that is just wrapped um, apparently she has been this sort of support for the one that's getting divorced, whose name escapes me in this Lisa. moment. Lisa Hochstein. <laughs> yes. 
apparently like she's been a bit of a mum. She's been they've been leaning on each other for during this time. So she's making a guest appearance, a cameo, if you will. I'm so excited. I mean, it makes sense. I think it would have been better probably if they did it last season, but I guess the time is right now. I think it make the timing is right now, but I think because they were introducing new housewives, I think you need to give them an opportunity to shine. Um, and I also think Leah didn't want to be on. I suspect Leah also saw how successful the reboot was. And she's like, all right, I'm determined now to get a piece of the pie. She didn't want to be attached originally to something that might potentially fail. And also, I don't think she wanted to be around Adriana. Did you see that there was that like finale party cast photo where they all mm-hmm. actually look like their friends? Yeah. It doesn't seem like they've cha- made any changes to the cast though. No, none whatsoever. Um, I mean, it would be interesting to see, like we said, if Marisol or Adriana get a full-time housewife mojito, um, but yes, to be seen. I would imagine that is going to air within the next three months. Surely. Oh, 100%. You know they just bang Miami out. We'll get like four seasons of Miami in one year, one every quarter. <laughs> I love this. Well, speaking of people retaining things... We found out in New Jersey this week that apparently Jackie may be keeping her full-time position. Turnpike, Patrizio. The word is turnpike. They should hold like a bowl of pasta or something. (laughs) Yeah, I I reckon that would work. Hold a meatball each in there. A meatball, yes. (laughs) Not racist at all. Um, But apparently this whole season, everything has changed. Dolores is not talking to anybody. Margaret is talking to everyone, except for potentially one of the new girls. Teresa and Jackie are best friends and they've kept it off the social media. And they both go after Melissa. I mean, Melissa, apparently it's going to be a rough season for Melissa because she's got no one. She needs a rough season. She needs all the help she can get with the storyline. And then apparently Margaret and Jennifer go in about Roe vs. Wade. Of course they do because, I mean, isn't that obvious? Their whole feud since the beginning has been about Roe vs. Wade. Like, truly. I I mean, I'm gagged most of all. Apparently this is going to be Dolores' season. Isn't that what they said about last season? And I also just love the way you say Dolores. 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 I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I was gagged by this news, by this word on the street. I mean, to be seen, again, another franchise that will be churned out within months. Yeah. There's, so... I know we've got another word on the street, but, like, just hearing this stuff as well about, like, I guess the the concept of word on the street and what we get is one of the the things I've been really thinking about this week is how social media has become so prominent in the housewives machine and how we're starting to get so much information. Like, there's so much. There's so many other things we could put into word on the street. Like, the fact that we have to carefully curate what we discuss I mean carefully obviously not but um you know just I'm really struggling at the moment with 
knowing like trying to get excited over something because I'm just like I feel like they're just putting it out there because they want us to tune in now I don't know I mean I guess it's hard because things are happening in real time the people see things they post the things they post the blind items but I also think that bravo and I know I have a feeling like I know what your next word on the street is going to be about so I also feel like Bravo and, you know, the specific social pages, especially with, like, the Bravo insider stuff, which is always, like, they give you a sneak peek at, at what's coming on an episode. And I feel like they're doing a really good job of, like, inciting the violence before oh the God. episode airs. Like, I'm sorry, but there's going to be an insurrection in Beverly Hills. I can feel it. Look, I think... Um... Look, do the women need to be given gag orders? Perhaps. A hundred percent. But I think, you know, there's the partly the issue is that they obviously are doing things, they're gonna post the things, and that's just life. I mean, the other one I would probably say is the Kardashians. Like the Kardashians, it was like you they would things would happen. Like Chloe would be cheated on, and then like nine months later, twelve months later, we get the episode. And it's like it's all so public. We already know what's happened. Is I just that- love the like that the Chloe would be cheated on because it just happens all the time. <laughs> happens with constantly. the same person. But I digress, um, because this is not a Kardashians podcast. What is your next word on the street? Well, in in the vein of what's happening on the social media, but I feel like this is different though, Moshi, because on in Beverly Hills, Lisa Rinna has gotten a lot of heat this week over some posts that she over some stories mm. that she had posted. Which, you know, last week we discussed the fact that Diana Jenkins had chosen to tell someone that it can't feel good to be a black content creator. <laughs> it's That's still really funny because it's just so dumb. Um, <sighs> and obviously Garcelle jumped in on Watch What Happens Live and said that Diana is uneducated. Which I don't think is an insult. I think it's a fact. If you didn't know, no, if you didn't know what you were saying, you're uneducated. How did you not realize what what that implied? Well, I, I think I can see why you would be offended by that. I would be offended if someone called me uneducated. Well, if you're doing something that is ignorant, it means you're uneducated. Well, in that vein, Lisa Rinna decided to chime in and said, she posted this story, which more or less was like, we fight with each other, but if we fight against Garcelle, it's racist. We're being racist because it's against the black girl. But they weren't, that's not even why we're calling you racist. We're calling you racist because you were fighting against black content creators. (laughs) Well... The Lisa way they Ra- think all black people are the same. I bet you they think that Garcelle is a black content creator as well. But Garcelle is a black... Anyway. <laughs> the point is Lisa Rinna will not be silenced on this. She will not be told that she's a racist. Um, and that if you feel like you want to be triggered, maybe you should watch Real Housewives of Dubai. Boom. And there's the mess. But... 
in this beautiful moment, the women of Dubai all put her on blast. Blast. And then Lisa Rinna, trying to put her tail between her legs, was like, "Thank uh, you can thank me for the... For the um, publicity, the publicity because you guys need to like lift your game more or less. Um, look, my favorite part out of all of this was Chanel Ayan telling Rina that Africa called and they want, they want their the lips, lips back. back. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't wrong. You know what it is? I think I think this was the last straw because Lisa Rinna has been doing a lot of deranged, unhinged things recently. There was that whole thing with that Patrick Summers guy and trying to rule Kathy <laughs> Hilton. Like, that was so dumb. And, you know, the other thing that's happened this week is that Rinna has, like, essentially blamed her unhingedness. This also happened on, like, on the fact that she's grieving and that it's, you know, caused her to do some crazy things. And she's essentially trying to get everyone to forget about all of that and remember that she's suffering. And I'm just like, somebody needs to hold Rina accountable. Where is Teddy? (laughs) (laughs) Teddy is at Kyle's house for Thanksgiving. A hundred percent. Look, I think to me, this is different though, because it's not, this isn't, you know, this isn't going to be shown on the, their respective shows, Correct. right? So this is like another element to what you were speaking to before. But, you know, I, I agree. I think they need to all just you know, to have their phones taken away. They need to have that thing where you, like, restrict how much time you have on the apps. And I, it, like, closes your Instagram after you've used it for longer than 10 minutes a day. I 100% agree. But for me, but I, I you know what it is, though? She'll continue to do this sort of crazy stuff because she just doesn't get reprimanded for it. Well, none of them do. Yeah, well, there was another thing that happened this week that relates to sort of what I was talking about. And I don't know if we want to talk about it now or maybe when we get into the Beverly Hills of it all. Actually, maybe we'll talk about it when we get into the Beverly Hills of it all. But I will say that I think Kyle's time is done. (laughs) And the internet let her know that her time is done this week. And I want more of that same energy, but at Rina. Well, Moshi, on the back of that, I have a personal announcement that I would like to make. Okay. I'm scared. Earlier this year, I made a statement that I was not cancelling any housewife, Mm -hmm. that I am leaning into the mess. Yeah, I I believe your words was like, they're all trash. So just like, it is what it is. Yes. In the iconic words of Lisa Barlow, let's roll back the tape. Actually, Moshi, this year I'm taking the attitude of these women are all complete trash, but I'm leaning in. Like, I support all of them. I don't care how bad. All of them? They're all all housewives. They're just as bad as each other. There's no there's no one housewife that's any better than another. I'm sorry. So what we're going to be tracking this year is when you cracked. <laughs> I want to know which housewife this year pushes you over the edge that you crack from this uh, point of view that you have decided to take. 
that I can the the point where I'm like I actually cannot support this housewife anymore. Like yes, her behavior. I want to know. I'm so curious as to what that will what will take to break you. What behavior is so egregious? I think it would have to be like straight up murder, like actually, like, <laughs> a, it, like a killing on the show. Like one of the women will have to kill each other on. And actually, even then, I might be like, actually, you know what? She was delivering good TV. Well, I have, I have decided, I have made some decisions, and I have changed my tune. This week was too much for me, Moshi, and I have cancelled not one housewife. I have cancelled three. I feel really vindicated, and I don't even know who your housewives are. I just want to say, if Garcelle is one of them, I'm cancelling <laughs> you. No, it's not. It's not Garcelle. All right, lay it on me. Okay, the, I, I will be cancelling the following housewives. Dorinda Medley. Oh. I'm cancelled. I'm cancelling Diana Jenkins. I mean, good. And I am cancelling Kyle Richards. I mean, welcome to the party. I just, I'm so glad you're here. Okay, let's, maybe this is a really great segue because I really want to understand why you're cancelling Dorinda Medley. So maybe let's let's get into Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2, Episode 4, The Ex-Wives. Talk to me about it. Oh, Dorinda needs to go. Dorinda, <laughs> Dorinda not only needs to go, she needs to be sent to a facility where she can, I don't know, she, she not she put on pause. She needs to be frozen. She needs to be not frozen. Separated. She needs. Why? 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 Like, what was the thing that has made you say, Dorinda Medley is not for me? Well, I think. Look, last week we discussed. We had like this this beautiful episode where we just talked Ultimate Girls Trip, and it had already started. Like the Dorinda of it all. Like it's at her house. She's, you know, hostess with the mostess, but, like, it, it's this weird sort of... She's got this power dynamic at play because they're not on neutral ground. She is... It's her house, right? It's her house, her rules. We found out this week the rules are on the plaques in the bedrooms. Like, it's a whole thing, right? We didn't the, just find out about the rules, though. She was so clear about the rules, like, in the first episode. We didn't know that the rules were on display on your bedside table. Yes, we did. I didn't remember that. But at the same time, I agree with these women where they're like, why would you put cupcakes in the room if you don't want us eating in the room? Like, you got to, like, no. Anyway, the point is... The way that she has made these women feel so awful about themselves, I'm just not into it at all. Well, I do think that in this episode, there are two people in particular that she really went for. So one being Tamara and the other being Jill. I will say there is a slight difference because when she went after Jill, that was nasty. That's she's starting Dorinda, you know, when she's had a couple of cocktails. But the way that she went after Tamara was pure evil it was similar to what she did to tinsley like it's really weird because it's like dorinda when she's sober and mean is horrible like that's actual cruelty but when she's drunk and mean how do you take her seriously because she's slurring her words so much i mean and that's a whole thing like surely did she not watch the final season that she was on and not see like how bad 
she was and you know you know when people know how like ugly their behavior is they're definitely not watching but yeah okay i'm i'm actually really surprised that you thought her behavior towards tamra was like more evil um, no, I, I don't necessarily I, I think the level of meanness is the same but for me it's like when she is that drunk I I would I would call that out you know what I mean I think there was an opportunity for for I mean Jill is just obviously too nice but Jill could have been like you drunken bitch shut the f up you know what I mean whereas what she did in the morning with with Tamara I almost said Tinsley is I watched her poke 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 and build up like she was getting horny off how mean she was being do you know what I mean whereas with Jill she was just being cutting so I mean there's two different styles and it's just interesting that I know a lot of the time when somebody does something mean and stupid we blame it on drunkenness but the thing about Dorinda is that she really is at her nastiest when she's sober it was so uncalled for because like I get it but again, it comes down to this power dynamic that's there. Mm. That that Dorinda is the hostess and it's her home and that these women are also trying to be respectful and they're trying, you know, they're, they're guests in a home. But at the same time, like, you can't treat your guests like that. Like, it's awful. It was just... It was horrible to watch. I was I was personally like, look, Tamara is not by any means, you know, a, a housewife that will lay over and just take it or anything like that. But I honestly felt in that moment that she was like extremely upset. I did too. And I was like, I understood where she was coming from. But the, you know, the thing for me is like, she, after she told her how hurt she was, Dorinda just laughed and then gaslit her. Like, you're the irrational one for having feelings. And the whole situation was just fucked. So I I, I agree with you that Dorinda was, like, terrible. But I'm really shocked that it. this is what made you cancel her and, you, and, you know, you didn't cancel her before. I wonder if this is a sign of growth from you, Patrizio. <laughs> I just... Honestly, I j- it was just awful to watch. And and that's the thing. It doesn't make watching the show fun. And if she is making any attempt to make a return, like, oh. this ain't the one. No, 100%. And I think the community, so us Bravo lovers, I think everybody is on the same boat that, like, Dorinda is going through some sort of pain and she just seems to find the weakest link and take it out on them. And then the Jill, Zarin and Dorinda, <gasps> right? So, I, and this is the thing, like, I, like Jill, Jill just lives in another bloody planet. <laughs> I love her. I love Jill, Zarin. But it's just the way that Dorinda has to take it there. And like, Look, Jill, you know, she was trying to impede on um, Eva's, like, radio gig in the morning and all the yeah. rest of it. And, like, you know, she's just excitable. Like, that's the thing. I don't think there's any bad intent with Jill. She's just, like, this, like, very intense Jewish lady from New York. Like, that's all it is. 
yes that's why i love her i love that she's you know wearing glasses that are wherever they were gucci from the 70s and when somebody asked her who she is for the 80s days she's like i'm me but just a teenager (laughs) i'm just like yes jill jill is always who she is and this is why from the moment I met Jill when I first started torrenting Real Housewives of New York many moons ago, she's always, she's like literally my favourite New York housewife, I think. And I just think she deserves so much more. And like the way that she ends up in that confessional room and that Dorinda oh. comes in and it's just... Bullying. Bullying. The way, even though, like, the body the body positioning, like, Dorinda's, like, over Jill. Jill's, yeah. like, literally crying and got her face covered. It was just, like, Dorinda, go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> where, is, where is Bethany when you need her? I think the other thing about Dorinda is that she really likes to know that, like, she seeks her prey, she goes in for the kill, and then she likes to know that she's killed you so that she can then come and, like, try and butter you up. Do you know what I mean? It's actually, like, a very bizarre thing. I mean, when I'm mean to somebody, I'm mean to them. I'm not trying to soothe them after I've been mean to them. Do you know who – now that – God, Patrizia, you're making me go deep. I'm having one of my epiphanies. Dorinda is an abuser, allegedly. That's like that's like behaviour that abusers do. They will go in, abuse the fuck out of you, and then try and, you know, also come and heal you. Oh, you, that's weird. You know what I have to say as well? I just get this sense that when Richard was around, everyone loved Richard. Like, Jill, I was friends with Richard. I loved Richard. He was the most beautiful human being. I just get the sense that, like, Dorinda was the wife that nobody liked. 100%. Oh, no, I think she was different when she was with Richard. I suspect, like, a lot of the way she is now started when Richard passed away and I think we all can acknowledge that she's still very much grieving Richard you know what I mean oh my god I mean but she and she should always grieve Richard but she's really stuck one of the things that caught me in this episode the John erasure like if I was John watching this episode I would be a little bit pissed because she now that she's in a life post John, when she talks about you know how she's who she's been with, you would think that she's had no other relationships since Richard. She's completely erased John. And when she was talking about relationships with the girls in the car, and I was just like, this is not good. But I feel like you know, again, it's the Richard of it all, right? That even when she was with John, it was always still about Richard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that kind of been that kind of been great for John. I feel bad for him actually. Well, I mean, I think she was just using him for the dry cleaning account. <laughs> sure, but I mean, <laughs> I think there was a little bit more to it than that. But I, yeah, watching this episode, I was just like, I agree with you that she is very nasty, very rude. I don't know if I would cancel Dorinda, but um... oh, she's cancelled. <laughs> All right. Um, what did you think about door roving? I mean, yeah, just another reason to put her on pause. Yeah, because I was going to say, if there was ever a reason to actually cancel someone, I think that would have been it. 
I think my biggest issue with Dorobics was the way that she literally told Tamra, like, you're not invited to Dorobics. And then five minutes later was like, but where were you? But this is what I mean. This is like the psychosis of being really evil and then like looking for more things. Like she's, she's not okay. I mean, I, let's, as the iconic quote says, stop trying to make Dorobics happen. Happen. I know. It's like, is it a thing? Is it not a thing? And then I loved when they were like, we should do it tomorrow. And then Dorinda was like, we're never doing that again because (laughs) she's so upset by it all. So a question that I have for you actually about the food in the bedroom. Whose fault was it? Was it Tamra's or was it uh, Marco? Are we blaming Marco? Marco says it in his confessional. He says it, that the rule exists in the home. Because it, so from this confession that we get of Marco it's clear that he is not just a one-time like you know butler at the home that he's there occasionally because he says that he he knew of the rule no food in the bedrooms but he didn't think it was in action for this trip Marco is giving one like he's giving Sonia's intern like, he has a break from college, he goes up to New England, well, and he works at Bluestone Manor. A hundred percent. But I, I, it's his fault. If that's the rule, and he knows it's the rule, and then he brings them food, it's not the lady's fault. Like, he's enabling their bad behaviour. Oh, bless. And can we talk about Marco getting his own confessional? I don't know. My voice went that high because I'm like, what the hell? You're just in love with Marco. I, you know, Marco's not really my type, but I do find him. (laughs) What was that? You're going to have to fight Phaedra for him. Oh, Phaedra, the way I message you, I want want one of these ladies to have sex with Marco, like, on this holiday. It's a threesome, Brandy, Phaedra, Marco. Fabulous. Dorinda will be pissed she wasn't invited. But Marco is, like, so not what should be on this show. It's, It's, like... You know how, like, we've been saying how, like, this this season the girls got stooged on the location, they got stooged on all the things. They also seem to have, like, gotten stooged on the butler. They have, they have like, you know from Succession, he's like Cousin Greg. Oh, my God. That's, that's what he's like. <laughs> I don't think he's that bad. Like, oh I feel like God, we all need to give really him a break. Is. Marco is cousin Greg, and I think that's why I'm so obsessed because I'm like, what is going on with this guy? He gets his own confessional. He's out there dancing with the ladies. Like, he's too involved. He needs to sit it out a little bit. <sighs> well, okay. The main event in this episode is their prohibition dinner. Mm-hmm. I love that, that, like, I've just erased, when I wrote what we were talking about today, I've completely erased the fact that we won't be talking about Taylor's tea party. <laughs> exactly. When did I mean, that happen? <laughs> I mean, the mess. But, um, no, the Prohibition dinner was the main event of the evening. And we we get to see um, the Bluestone Manor whiskey comes mm-hmm. out in the barrels um, and the ladies have to take it out from the bunghole. <laughs> Do you know what? I've always wondered what a bunghole was and to have it confirmed that it's the hole in the barrel. Brilliant. Um, I, these women should not be drinking brown liquor. 
So my question for you is, do you get ris- a bit friskier when you drink the dark, as it was referred to? I, I mean, I don't, I don't drink, I don't drink dark liquor usually. I only drink like dark tequila, like Anejo and stuff. But is that what, dark though? No, it's not really. It's just in color. It's dark. What about Fireball? Does Fireball get you going? Fireball makes me laugh, but no, none of that stuff. I, I, but I, I'm with you. I don't drink the dark. And now I'm like, should are we at the age that we should start drinking the dark, or are we still too young? Well, I don't know. Even the women on the show did not enjoy the whiskey. I think, like, only Eva did. And Vicky, I mean, it was great to see Vicky back to, like... Yes. Back to her usual, whooping it up. It was whooping it up. Um, So aside from, I think, for me, the best thing was not just them drinking the dark and getting friskier, but I think the addition of the burlesque dancer. These ladies were taking their clothes off for each other. They were honking each other's boobs. They were riding on each other. Like, shit got wild. I, I mean, yes. I mean, as quickly as it got wild was as quickly as it, like, felt oh, to it pieces. Fizzled. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was definitely a return to form. It was fun to watch. Um, the women, you know, like, Tamara, I loved, like, the like the, the confessional from, like, three days earlier where she's like, I will not be getting naked in front of these women. And then she's like... Could not wait to take her Party City gangster's outfit off. Oh, my God. I mean, they all looked, like, very good as well. I loved Eva's outfit. It was a good night. It was... That's what it should be about. You know, my whole thing is, like, at that age, except for, like, I'm not going to count Eva in that, but when I'm an older, older woman... I do not want to be having drama. I literally just want to be getting drunk and dancing with burlesque dancers. Like, that's it. I think, I think that this is the thing. They should have just had more events like this. And Mm. I mean, they all, I mean, we finally found out in this episode that like Taylor's talking about how, like, I mean, the erasure of the tea party, but she was actually like, Dorinda told us all, like, we're going to be, or Dorinda or production said to, like, host your own <laughs> event, right? Yeah. So, you know, it just, we need to be on that because I'm curious to see, like, I guess at this point, who who's hosted an event? Really, it's Taylor. And then I wonder if Brandy's event was her making lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, we still got, like, the OC ladies. And so I think Vicky is definitely going to try and get them out of the house and into the streets of, like, the Berkshires. <laughs> I like it. She's going to get them into the streets. Yeah. Oh, like, they're going to be, like, pissing in the street. Like, you just know that that's going to be Not happen. pissing in the street. Yes, because Vicky, that's my favourite thing about Vicky, is that she's all, like, Christian lady. But then, like, there's all those scenes where she's, like, sucking that, like, penis lollipop. <laughs> and then she, like, pisses the bed. And then, like, she just, like, the the going for the tap with the beer. Like, she's an actual mess. A hundred percent. I don't know, like, there's, there's only really, what, like, three more episodes of this season because it's, like, each episode is one day, right? And they're together for like seven or eight days. Well, okay. So I think how long many did the last season get? Because they definitely got more this season because there was so much drama allegedly. So um, I think it'll be like probably, 
want to say eight or nine episodes, actually. Okay. Do we think that the aftermath of this episode, so tomorrow, whenever the next episode comes out, is going to be the ladies holding Dorinda accountable? How do you hold accountable the woman of whose home you are sleeping in? I don't know. Like, Well, I guess maybe this is where we're going to see the factions perhaps happen again. But I, I like to think that for some, for some reason that like Eva, for instance, is like, I don't know, the, the moderator, she brings the peace and love. Like, I feel like, you know, Dorinda doesn't get angry at her, her and Phaedra. I feel like perhaps they're going to be the ones that are going to be, be able to reconcile the peace. I will say that Eva does a very good job at, you know, yes, mediating. I think she had a really great discussion with Brandy being like, um, so you, like Mangina, like talk to me about that. You know, like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like an attacking, like you, you know, you called my husband and Mangina, like that's the rudest thing. It was sort of like, you, you're going to have to explain it to me. And in fact, you're going to explain it to me in front of the cameras and we're going to all see like what a fool you are for calling my husband a mangina, right? But like, that, that's what I mean. Like Eva is giving us everything that we want. And what did you think of um, her flipping the script on what a mangina is? Because we know that it's like emasculating a man. Essentially, that's what Brandy's intention was. But Eva turning it around and actually saying, a man who, you know, steps up and supports his family and is there with the kids and, you know, is willing to share the load is actually, like, the real deal. And I kind of love that because it's everything that Brandy wanted, particularly with Eddie. Well, that's the thing, right, that Brandy obviously was trying to say something else um, to Mm -hmm. make herself feel better about herself and her life. But um Eva just is that girl, though, who I don't think she's threatened by anyone. I think gotcha. that, she, you know, she is so secure in her own in her own life that, you know, I think she sees Brandy for who Brandy is. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. And then Phaedra, like the other side, Phaedra. Like, again, she was, like, on the phone, like, disciplining the kids. After getting freaky and just having so much fun. I loved it. Yeah, but because she's got to be a mum and got to be everything else. And then she is also the one that's sort of like, you know, helping to sort of like calm Jill down and all the rest of it too. Um, I do enjoy both of their roles that they're playing. In I the group. do too. I do too. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break. And when we return, we'll, we'll get into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 12, episode 9, and the return of our ladies from Dubai. And we're back from the break, Moshi. Hello. To talk the somewhat real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, somewhat real. Is the emphasis that they're not real? Some are real and some are fake. Oh, can't wait. Season 12, it's episode number nine. And I mean, we didn't talk, we didn't talk Beverly Hills last week because uh, we were focusing on the ex-wives club. But last week we ended up um, at Garcelle's fifty-fifth birthday party. Um, Moshi, I know you. I know you don't feel um, that it's worth celebrating 
non milestone birth. <laughs> Any day after 50 is a milestone. <laughs> okay, I just needed that clarification. Um, but it looks like a fabulous event. Like, Garcelle's got real friends there. Um, you know, the girls from the real are all there. And you know what I thought was interesting that the internet clocked? It was like, Sutton actually knows Garcelle's friends. Yes. Right. And that's how you can tell, like, there's a real friendship between Garcelle and Sutton because they're clearly, like, hanging out off the show. Um, but in this episode of last week's that we got, um, Cherie is now, like, finally here. On Cherie Zampino. It only took nine episodes. Or eight and- episodes. Eight episodes last week, but still, it took a while. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, they don't really know her. Like, you know, I think, I mean, is that surprising? No, perhaps not. No, I think, like, I I understand why they don't know her, but we have seen Cherie Zampino before on Housewives. She was in Garcelle's first season when Garcelle had her girlfriends over at her house. But Cherie is also no stranger to reality television. She was on the real, like, not the real, it was um, Hollywood X's or whatever it was. And she was like the HBIC on that show. Um, But she has been around like Beverly Hills, Hollywood, society for a really long time. So she's one of those people that just knows how to slink her way in um, and not feel out of place and hold her own amongst these women. And I think it's only going to get better from here as well. A hundred percent. I was so impressed seeing her at um, Sutton's luncheon today, whatever it was, at Sutton's house. And, you know, just the way she spoke to Dorit, it was like they've been friends for years. Like she, she just knows how to, she's one of those people that just, you know, just knows how to read the room, understands the situation. She's done her research and she's just there. You wouldn't realise that she's only just been introduced to the group. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, so we got that last week. Um, Denise Richards, surprisingly, no show. not show up. Of course she's not showing up. We knew she wasn't going to show up. I mean, she could have made the, the appearance. No, she's done with Housewives. You and know who did show up, though? Who? Hip Hop Rob. <laughs> Not Hip Hop Rob. I, I just, I've turned the corner with Crystal only because I'm obsessed with Rob. <laughs> I loved Hip Hop Rob. I love, he can dance. I loved it. I will say um, we didn't. I didn't really mention this in word on the street, but apparently um, who was the friend of on New Jersey last season? Oh, what's her face? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's married to, oh, how have we forgotten them already? Uh, For many reasons. I mean, she wasn't in the reunion, but Tiki Barber's wife. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'd forgotten Tiki as well, I just want to say. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. Tracy. Okay, so apparently they're only allowing Tracy to film if she brings Tiki Barber with her. <laughs> and I feel like if you were producing Beverly Hills, Crystal would only be allowed to film if she was bringing Hip Hop Rob with her. <laughs> so one of the things is 
I believe that Crystal is aware that she comes off better with Rob there. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of Rob on the show. I think we saw a, a lot of him on this episode as well, or maybe it was last week's episode as well. But the big, um, I guess, drama of this whole Garcelle's birthday event is that, well, Erica, first of all, is wasted, but also Sutton and Diana have had their ongoing sort of little situation and Sutton pulls Diana outside and it just goes from bad to worse. And I, this was the moment in which I cancelled Diana. <laughs> which part specifically made you cancel her? Her treatment of Sutton, I feel, was very unkind. Yeah. Because, and look, I don't want to give Diana a pass by any means, but we know we've discussed it many, many times on this podcast. Sudden is definitely a weird person. She just like doesn't she just doesn't know how to like behave. She to says what society would say is normal. She just says the wrong thing all the time, constantly. But she always says the wrong thing around people who are like trying to who have it in for her, right? But correct. But the the problem is that like sudden did not need to to have Diana explain why she is not following doctor's orders, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like Sutton is just that girl that's like, <laughs> the, the audience is going to want answers. So I'm going to, like, put people to, da- to task and, like, make them explain where they are and why they're there and all the rest of it. It's just, like, it's a conversation that probably didn't need to be had. But it's just a, where Diana took it was just, to me, not nice. And Sutton honestly was trying in her own little unique way to create that sort of connection between the two of them when, like, the, the miscarriages came up. And just the way that Diana just is so dismissive towards her, she's already, like, you know... She's she already made, made up her mind. A hundred percent. And that's fine. But, like, it was just really, I don't know, it was just something really evil about it. I want to say it. I, I've seen, this is what I think we've gotten from Diana. I want to say from, from the very first episode, she's had it in for Sutton and she's determined to keep going. And I think that she knew that from the outside coming in. I think for me, one of the things that made me cancel Diana is, you know, I love a crazy, rich, maniacal thought leader of a woman. Like, I think they're great for TV, but Diana is not great for TV. She's not participating in the housewives activities. She's choosing to sit in and sit out with. So for me, number one, she's not a good housewife. But number two for me is that she just, I don't know, she she blames so much stuff on, oh, I don't speak English. Oh, I'm not from here. All of that sort of stuff. And it's like there's nothing lost in translation here. You're 
an incredibly talented and smart woman. You speak multiple languages. You've lived all around the world. You understand perhaps more than these women how the world works. Stop playing this like, oh, I know nothing, whenever you don't want to have to accept accountability for anything. And that, for me, is why I cancelled Diana. Just that. Like, she's fake. Yeah. And if it was any other city, like, maybe. But Beverly Hills as well is full of, like, international people, you know? She's a cosmopolitan person. Yeah. It's not... You can't use that as an excuse in Beverly Hills or in LA. You could perhaps use it in Salt Lake City. Yeah. And also, I think I spoke about this last week, and then I sent you that meme that somebody said. The way Diana is always licking her chin, like her whole face, I think she's a lizard person, allegedly. (laughs) She has to be at least part lizard. I just don't understand why her tongue just constantly falls out of her mouth and wipes itself right across her chin. What the fuck is up with that? You know, the other day I was really dehydrated and I had to keep, like, licking my lips and all I could think about was, is Diana a lizard person? 100% she is. Because <laughs> in um, that moment I felt like the lizard person. <laughs> well, the question that I have for you is we finally saw the infamous scene that we were shown in the trailer, the thing that hyped us all up for Diana, which was her saying to Sutton, am I the new villain now? And is Diana the new villain? I mean, she's pure evil, but is she a villain? No, I I feel like she doesn't register enough on the show to be a villain. I feel like Erica is really the villain in all of this. It's Kyle and it's Rena. Look, Kyle. And this was the moment in which I cancelled Kyle. It was not for all the other drama that has been on the street this week. It was this scene here where she, like, physically accosts Sudden and also <laughs> denies Sudden's experience in having two miscarriages that I was just like, you are doing way too much. Like, it's it, you didn't need to be in the conversation. You Not only have you inserted yourself, you've actually, like, gone way too far in this moment and you need, you're done. Like... I think it's your fun. Let the mouse go. Let the mouse go. So I think this week the internet agrees with you. And it was for this episode, but also Kyle did another thing later on in the episode that is totally dumb. So while we are still at Garcelle's birthday, there is another situation that is happening around drunk Erica. So first of all, she is shamelessly flirting with Oliver, who loves it, by the way. So good good for her. But then she proposes a threesome in front of Garcelle between Oliver and his missus. Shortly after, as the party ends, Garcelle's other son comes to go grab some of the flowers because that's what we do at the end of a beautiful event. We take the flowers. They're usually the most expensive thing at the party. And Erica tells Garcelle's 14-year-old son to get the fuck out repeatedly. What are your thoughts on Erica's behaviour at this event? 
So I feel like one thing that I read that I will support that the internet is saying is the way that Erica refers to Oliver's wife as his baby mama, it's a little bit suspicious. There's a couple of things that Erica does that are suspicious and that are microaggressions. A hundred percent microaggressions. Um I don't this might not be something that spoke particularly to you, but there's like a scene where I think Crystal tell like Crystal and Erica go for a hike the next day or whatever it is. And Crystal tells Erica what she said and how she behaved to Garcelle's youngest son. And Erica's like, well, he's 16. He's an adult or whatever. Like, it's fine. And then Crystal says, no, 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 he's 14. And she's like, oh, well, I guess that that makes it a little bit different. But particularly for young black boys, they are always treated like they are older and they are never given, um, they are never treated as if they are innocent. They are always treated as if they can handle everything that's thrown to them, particularly by cisgendered women. And, you know, we've seen, you know, I don't know if you saw as well people on the internet flashing back to Erica's hissy fit that she had about her son, um, you know, when they went to, where were they? Were they in Asia or? Hong Kong. Uh, they're in Hong Kong. Um, and her son is a whole grown adult, like in his twenties, thirties or whatever. Um, but Erica just thinking that she can speak a certain way to young black boys and young black men is fucking disgusting. And that, that for me, like at first I was like, okay, this is funny. But after a while, yeah, all of those things. The baby mama, the this, you know, even the fact that she wanted, you know, Jamie Foxx to be there, like, (sighs) Erica is a disappointment and she should be off the show. So, and then I I think, so, obviously, terrible behaviour from Erica. Disgusting. But where this leads to is the next meeting between Dorit and Kyle. Can I ask you just a quick question about this? Do you think this is going to start to be a trope that we see the Umansky Kemsley double dates? Because remember, this has happened before, but last, and it was also them talking shit about Erica. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, it's almost like they forget that they like there are cameras there or something. Like I don't know if they realize like what they're saying. No, but it's been set up that way. Like the producers are doing another setup of the same people talking about Erica again. Like this is going to be a thing we're going to start seeing every season and all of them need to be shot. No, I mean off the show. <laughs> but I think I think what was different is that it wasn't so much about Erica this time as it was Garcelle. Because I, I think this was the difference here, that they were sort of like, laughing off Erica's bad behaviour, right? Whereas last time it was, you know, kind of like talking about Erica poorly. This time they're kind of like, oh, Erica, wasn't she fun as a drunk? She, like, cursed out Garcelle's 14-year-old. That was so funny. Like, Erica, am I right? That's how it felt watching it. When, when, so Dorit in her confessional talks about how disgusted she is with Erica saying that and how disappointing it was. But then in that moment, this is why they're all complicit and they should all be cancelled together. Dorit says, you know, this is why I can, you know, forget about what she said 
because she was drunk and it wasn't my child. And to me, if they, the, the way that that is loaded, Patrizio, loaded. And Rina asks us why we say that anytime they say anything, it's racist, because it's veiled in racism. Even if it, even if it wasn't racism, a hundred percent. It's just it's Fox Force Five versus anyone else, right? They they are all so disgusting. But one thing that I thought was wild that the internet did this week is because you know Kyle has been trying to save her ass, particularly around this comment about um, not so much about the Sutton stuff, but more around um. Garcelle's son and her comments about in that moment. I think because we we do get to see her apologize to Sutton on the show, but the internet went in on her comments, people tagging Kyle in posts on Instagram and saying, get the fuck out, Portia. <laughs> was sending me. Like, I was like, number one, don't attack Portia. She's fucking brilliant. But I was just like, People, I think everybody is saying justice for Carlton. I think everybody finally agrees that Kyle is the villain. Did you see even Camille Grammer tweeted pernicious? (laughs) I didn't see that. (laughs) It's brilliant. But the way people are suddenly like, it's really funny that people are just like now writing think pieces on how um, horrible Kyle was to LVP. I just want everyone to know Lisa Vanderpump deserved everything she got. She was just as horrible. Um, But, oh, the internet turning on Kyle the way that they have. And I've seen a lot of people with posts like, oh, when you have Kyle in your top five and suddenly you have to go into hiding or all of this stuff because... Her own fans are turning on her at last. I mean, look, it wasn't a great week. And unfortunately, I have not cancelled her probably for the right reason this week. <laughs> but I cancelled her in chronological order. Yeah. Um, speaking of, like, the Richard sisters, just in general, so one of the things is you mentioned at the top that we have Cherie Zampino finally on the show. Where the fuck is Kathy Hilton? Well, she hasn't negotiated that contract. It's not signed yet, obviously, at this point. But we did get a glimpse of her in this week's episode at Thanksgiving. Her and Rick celebrating their wedding anniversary. The way I, like, was staring down at my TV screen so I could get that glimpse of Kathy. I was like, Kathy, blink if you're still alive. Like, I miss her so much. I think, like, you're going to miss her, but she's going to be on the show and it's going to be a mess. And you know what? I'm okay with that because she is me- she's the sort of person who should be a mess. Look, talking about social media like we were earlier, mm. I think, like, you know, now watching this season unravel, I think there's very clear, you know, that the social media aspect of it all. So, like, for example, Erica throwing ourselves book in the bin. Yep. Having watched this episode, now it's sort of like, well, Erica, like, 
you are clearly the aggressor in this situation. Like, why do you think that you get to throw her book in the bin kind of thing? Um, you know, the, the way that, like, we found out that Erica is going to go after um, after Kathy Hilton, right? She's going to, like, you know, call out Kathy's bad behaviour as well as Lisa Rinna. But, like, also, again, watching these episodes, it's sort of like it seems like you were deflecting, right? A hundred percent. That's what they're all doing. They're always trying to throw us on a different scent. But I, I don't know how I feel about these scenes being released ahead of time. For me, I think it's ruining the show. Like, it's so much better when we can all hate on Kyle with more context, not just a two-minute clip. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's sort of like they're kind of like if it was – if they were releasing, like, the first five minutes of the episode, like, fine. But they're not. They're, like, sort of choosing bits and pieces, which I'm not into. They, I mean, they're inciting – this is what I mean when I said at the beginning that they're inciting the insurrection – it's kind of giving Trump. <sighs> well, I'm not into it. Um, I guess the other major thing that happens in this episode is um, Sutton's housewarming mm-hmm. lunch. Homes, beautiful homes. Yeah, yeah, I was so disappointed that she doesn't have a deck out or that there wasn't some, fl- like, I thought maybe she'd put, like, something out to, so people could walk across. Like, I, she's hired a catering company. I just assumed that's something that they would have done. I totally agree with you. I was sort of like, where is your outdoor setting? Yeah. Um, but I have a feeling probably she did say that, like, the house is not finished and perhaps no. the landscaping and all of that is not done yet. Oh, the landscaping is definitely not done because her whole house is just grass and houses in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, wherever they live, they're never all just grass. But for me, it was purely like you've hired this function events organization. If they can bring the tables and chairs and do all that set up, like where's everything else? Like I would have thought that that company would have had all those things. But how did you feel about like Lisa Rinna kind of bossing around Sutton's assistants to get her new flip-flops and to get her all this, that and everything? Not bossing around the help. I didn't say the help. I said assistance. Well, I said the help. Mm-hmm. Because that's what Lisa Rinna would be saying. Allegedly. Yeah, but those guys are not the help. Like they're and, not... and they're not her assistants either. Correct. Um, I think that the real reason that Lisa didn't want to get those shoes dirty, I mean, they are gorgeous, Versace, we know them. I don't think she owns them. What did you think of her whole, it was giving me House of Gucci. Except it was Versace. Um, so she's just going for the 70s Versace aesthetic. Kyle did the same thing. And Kyle just looked like a pimp. I have no feelings about Kyle that I wish to share at this time. <laughs> well, I think that they both had gone to the same stylist and they were wearing a coordinated outfit. It's all from the same season. And it's like the 70s throwback, which I think is a you calling out Gucci is really good because that's what Gucci is all about. Like that's their whole vibe. Um, I mean, they've used the same stylist, but for once Lisa Rinna is not wearing the same outfit as someone else. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's always funny. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed that Garcelle did not call out Erica 
in this episode before Erica started drinking? I think it was done on purpose. I mean, I think the producers said not yet. Because now the the other side of this is that Garcelle, we're now seeing Garcelle constantly watching every sip that Erica takes, right? Because Garcelle's agenda is that Erica has a drinking problem. All of these ladies have a drinking problem. I was going to say, I actually really don't like that Garcelle was, like, talking about Erica having, like, an alcohol problem. I was kind of like, I think that's going to come back to bite you, Garcelle. I agree. And you should not be diagnosing other people's issues. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, though, Erica, it's not that so much she has a drinking problem. It's I think it's like she's mixing the meds and the booze and this is the outcome. Well, it's giving Sonia Morgan when she had was on those water pills, remember? <laughs> and she was drinking and she didn't realize that like the two together was not helping. No, it's it's not a it's not a good mix. But I I I agree with you. I think it would have been really great to have Garcelle address the issue a bit earlier, but I think there's a production slash a, a different agenda at hand, right? And this is, like, going to be, like, this huge feud. So the people said no. Um, was there anything else, really, that you want to discuss, Moshi, about... This episode? I just wanted to touch on the, the that we're still... <laughs> not that we're still, but, um, you know, Dorit continues to struggle. Um, and... and I thought it was really interesting to see Dorit cry at the dinner. That's something that I was really shocked by because it's not that I don't think that her grief is sadness. I just think, you know, Dorit is long-winded and I think she, you know, is going to stretch something out for as long as possible. But I just, I wanted to say, like, I thought it was really sad to hear her talk about um, the residual trauma that she's going through from, from the invasion. That was all. Just interesting. I would say that Dorit has been struggling for several seasons now. <laughs> no, but I, I just I just think that like yeah, I don't know. I at first I was like she's not doing anything really to help herself, but now I'm just like I, I still have a lot of empathy for her, but to me it is annoying if this is going to be her whole storyline. I get it, it's traumatic, but um yeah, maybe just move. Well, Moshi, let's talk about the real stars this week. Ugh. The Real Housewives of Dubai, Season 1, Episode 5. Um, did you miss these ladies? Like, having watched this episode, were you like, w- w- like, how were you feeling? So, I thought I was okay. I thought I was just like, it's just, you know, last week I was like, it, you win some, you, you lose some. But the moment Chanel Ayan was on the scene and her and Stanbury were having their whole situation, I was like, I was like, okay, I hope, because I was genuinely laughing out loud and I was like, oh, I have missed Dubai. I feel so much better now. I think I texted you like pretty much instantly just being like, this week has been so shit, but I suddenly feel like so happy just watching these women. What about you? I I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm a little bit in the same boat as you, where I was kind of like, oh, yeah, like, we've got a week off. But, like, no, no more weeks off, I no say. No more. They, they just, 
I am really enjoying Dubai. I think it's a great group of women. I think they do really fun and interesting things. Sure, it's basically some tourism like ploy by the like Emirati government because like we got a lot more information about Dubai than like we probably needed. But they're just they're so good. And like there were a few things in this episode that just proves to me like how good they are. Was one of those things the way it was edited? The opening scenes through to the, oh, the production value, honey. The the production is so good. It's just different as well, I think, from other Housewives, which is really, like, just, it's different to watch. I just feel sorry for the people who are not enjoying it because I really just don't understand what they're not enjoying. I'm with you. For me, Dubai is exactly what, housewives is supposed to be yes and it's it's very much to me it's giving me like all the excitement that i got from the early seasons of new jersey of atlanta of new york of beverly hills like this has you know dare i say it but um it has flagship written all over it Ooh. I think as well, like, when you want to compare wealth as well, like, when we talk probably about Beverly Hills, right? Like, it gives Beverly Hills a good run for its money. Oh, 100%. I think it's it's even crazier than Beverly Hills. You know why, you know why I know that D- Dubai is crazier? Because, like, the richest person on the show, which is probably, well, maybe it's Nina or one of them, but, like, Caroline Stanbury just rocks up in, like, whatever clothes. Like, she doesn't go all out but you can still smell the money. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, Look, this week we got a special appearance. Yes! From our girl, Phaedra. Who is having a moment right now. She truly is. Um, I was kind of surprised. I feel like the internet's been talking about this, but we finally got confirmation that um, Caroline Brooks is, like, looking for real estate for Phaedra in Dubai. Yeah. Um, do you actually think that the Dubai move is going to happen and Phaedra could potentially be a real housewife of Dubai? No. And the reason is because her children need to be with their father. So she would never separate. She, she would never leave because she would never keep the kids physically away from Apollo and Apollo would not let her leave with the kids unless he's moving to Dubai too. Well, which he might. Um <laughs> Me, he's, a, he's a convicted felon, so I don't think he, he's, he'll they'll let him in. Well, maybe they will. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like feel like there was like sort of some sort of, you know, truth to, you know, her moving to Dubai. But No, I, I, I understand her investing in Dubai. Um, I think if she met like a sultan or like a, a rich guy, perhaps <sighs> she'd move to Dubai. But I think Phaedra is, her brand is Southern Belle. Everything, you know, her family, everything is in Atlanta. She's, she's never leaving. Holidaying, owning property in Dubai, 100%. I love that Caroline Brooks, though, wants to create drama for Phaedra to be a part of. Oh, yeah. She was like, you wanted the tea? I was like, let me do this. Let me do this. Um, I mean... That whole, like, ski Dubai thing. Well, that was a tourism ad, and that's the real reason why Brooks was annoyed that Caroline wasn't wearing the outfit, because that's the bargain that she'd made. 
Yes, totally. And then the way that, like, Stanbury as well just basically, like, craps all over Ski Dubai as well by being like, am I going to go skiing on some little baby slope when I do, like, this, this, and this in the Alps? I just think she should have clued. I think if she'd clued Stanbury in from the beginning that it was a marketing thing, then it would have been fine. But how is Stanbury and something that I've never really seen Housewives do anywhere, I don't think, is, like, just at an event, the moment they meet each other, just start screaming at each other from opposite side of the room. That was kind of crazy to me because it felt, like, real. Like, they were both angry at each other. This is, And this is what I enjoy about Dubai as well because, like, the way that they, like, friends three minutes later as well when they're like helping each other ski i just crazy it was crazy but um all i knew is like i want to because you know i want to learn how to ski and i was like i need a place like that not the real snow i need a little indoor place where i can learn how to do indoor skiing moshi you and phaedra are both moving to dubai i i kind of want to I, could, I see this for you. I see it for me too. I'll start manifesting shortly. I see this like little like Versace like head wrap moment. Oh my God. Me in that outfit that Phaedra was wearing. Okay. Maybe that's my 2023 goal. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> um, the ongoing like truce between Stanbury and Ayan as well is wild to me. <laughs> But for me, it was like, how amazing is Chanel Ayan? I mean, she didn't bring a gift, which I think is fair, but her, she really was a gift. Like, the way she is just such a great guest, she can hold her own conversation with anybody at the table. You know, the kids were really into I think it's always a good sign when your children are interested in your guest and they <laughs> like them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That That's the sign that that is a good person. But, but Ayan is an interesting person. Like, she is... Funny and honest. She's fabulous. She's got these, like, ridiculous outfits that she wears, the wigs. Well, I like her wigs. I think that that's really normal. I mean, we, we, we probably should talk a little bit about her outfits and her wigs in this episode, but I just really thought... You know what was one of the things that did was kind of interesting to me is that Sergio was really giving the housewife at that dinner. You know, he was the one asking Ch- Chanel Ayan all the questions about what did Brooke say after, not Brooke, sorry, what did Lisa say afterwards and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, you know, Sergio has been worded up before this episode to, to do the digging on behalf of Stanbury. That was annoying. Do you think... As much as Sergio is the one that wants the baby, Sergio was the one that wants to be on Housewife. 100%. That's literally the thought that I had, is that Caroline is only doing this show because, one, she needs the money, and, two, Sergio would have talked her into it. There's always the one house husband, right? PK. Um, what's the one from the OC that is now with Gretchen? Um we're really not good with the names today. But what about the, Kelsey Grammer? Well, he de- he wanted out. Peter Thomas. You know, there's always a house husband that's like a little too much in the show. I mean, 
yeah, anyway, um, I I think it's really interesting to see that they're by, like playing nice with each other. Obviously, the question is when will it fall apart? Um, but we are learning still so much about Chanel Ayan. The minute we thought we knew everything, all of a sudden she's got thirty siblings. <laughs> she either she... thirty five or forty years old. <laughs> but her vagina is only like 14. 12. She said 12. 12. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. I mean, that comment was like the way that you're allowed to say that in Dubai. No, but but this is the stuff that I love about Chanel Ann. So like when people say that she's doing too much and that everything is rehearsed, I don't think it is. Like they just asked her a question. I'm sure she's given that same answer in a similar way before, but every time she says her little smart-ass comments, it sounds fresh. And we get those throwback photos. I feel like we see the same childhood photos from Nina all the time. Yeah. But Ayan, it's always a different photo. Like well, I, we, I think we learned today that Nina's photos were destroyed in the Lebanese war, Patrizio. So um, where are you wanting Nina to get the photos from? For the, okay. for the listeners at home, Ayan's photos Patricio, are not when she's four years old. They're all from, like, when she's 18, when she's married, when she's doing this, like, when she's pregnant. I just want to say for the listeners, though, that in that moment, Patricio realised he made a mistake and much in the same way that, like, a little puppy or a child covers their eyes, you completely just covered your face. I uh, No, no mistakes were made. I stand by my (laughs) statement. Nina is not giving me range, honey. Wow. Well, she did get her vagina smoked today what? at Farah's house. The way that next time you come to my house, Moshi, I will be saging your vagina. Oh, my. You know that I was like the next time in my mind, I was like, I am doing this to everybody that comes into my house. I can't believe um, we're Emirati now. <laughs> is that all it takes? The Bukhari? Is that what it was called? I forgot, I forgot what it was called, but I, I loved it. It was like Shisha adjacent. Yeah. Um. So speaking of the layers of the onion, I think, you know, we learned a lot about Stanbury. We learned a lot about Ayan. I think, you know, the stuff about Stanbury, she she has an awareness that she's a cold, hard bitch. Like she, she said it several times today. She's not normal. And, you know, she blames, it, it's pretty clear that she understands that a lot of her behaviour is that she just has a detachment from she never got any love as a child, essentially, is is the reason why she's the way that she is. But I think, you know, some really wild things came out today about her marriage and relationship with Sergio from her own mouth, mind you. She doesn't want to have these kids. She doesn't want to be married. She doesn't even really want to give, you know what I mean? There's, there's no compromise at all with Stanbury. What do you think? Chanel Ayan gave them two years. How, I mean... It's already been a year, right? She gave she gave them deuce. deuce. <laughs> Anos. I know. <laughs> she speaks a lot of languages, Chanel I asked. I mean, it's no coincidence. <laughs> um look. First of all, I wanna say that Stanbury said that she saw a therapist once and I would really encourage her to see them <laughs> more than once. <laughs> but I think, you know what? I 
see, you can think all these things. You can think you don't want to get married and all the rest of it. Why are you advertising it on the television? Right. That is my question at the end of the day. Like, and, you know, like, I'm sure that you have these conversations in front of your partner with people. And to me, look, that's something that probably should be more private between the two of you and that you just, like, keep it to your house when no one's around. If you want to show your ass in front of your friends, fine. But, like, why do it on TV as, like, another level of this? You know, but I think it is concerning. I think it's concerning that, like, they have different ideas on children. Sergio wants two. Stanbury wants zero. Yeah. That Stanbury never really wanted to get remarried and he's obsessed with the idea of being married. She speaks to her family twice a year and couldn't care less about her in-laws. Sergio is extremely family-oriented. Um, what were like the other ones that came up? It was just like more and more things that are sort of like you guys are not aligned on no. anything here. And she's not even willing to compromise. My biggest issue with Stanbury is that she's like adamant that she's not going to cave in on any of these things, but she always does anyway. I think for them it'll happen where they'll split up because she can't, she, she won't give him children in the end and they'll have to split up. Um, well, she might not it, be able to. Yeah, I think that too, but I, I think that, like, you know, he might potentially come around to some other options and, and you know, sh- she'll say no. But speaking of the onion layering, we got to see a little bit more. We actually got to see Sarah in this episode, number one, um, and her and Nina went to, oh, what was the name? Another one of the places. I actually wrote this down because I wanted to remember it. They went to Sharjah. Yes. Um, which is one of the seven Emirates Emirates, because it's the United Arab Emirates. So they went down the road and they went to one of one of Sarah's family's homes, just one of them. Yes, I have. Be- I have also been to Sharjah. Actually. Ah, okay, fabulous. <laughs> and I've also been to Ajman, which is where Sarah is actually originally from. Amazing. I just wanted to put that on the podcast. Did you go to her parents' family home as well and have your vagina steamed or whatever it was? <laughs> Not the vagina steaming. Um, no, I did. I can. I didn't actually, but I did go to a great Lebanese restaurant in Sharjah. That's not what the question was, but I'm happy for you. Um, so my highlights for this were: we have a kitchen in the house, but we never cook with it because. This is not new information to me. Every Arab I know is like this. No, you don't but for cook me, in the actual kitchen. But for me, it's suddenly I understand things now. I've seen these things before, and now I understand. Oh, no! I even I. I mean, I am Middle Eastern adjacent. You're not, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and. We used to make the meatballs in the garage because the meatballs yes. sink out the house. So that's that's kind of what I was alluding to is that I now understand why a lot of my European friends or friends of European descent, origin, ancestry all have a second kitchen in their garages and sheds and basements. I get it. Yes. Um, I mean... I thought it was more telling that we didn't see the mum. Where was the mum? We saw the she dad. She was at was... the other house. They have uh. so many houses. Um, we've seen her before, I feel like, when she was on the phone with the dad. But how do you feel knowing that Sarah's mum and dad are cousins? 
Was that cool for you to learn about? Again, that? no. I mean, a, a lot of Arabs that I know of that generation all married their cousins. At 14 years of age. I mean, possibly not that old, but yes. And we also learned about Nina's family, which I mentioned before. And, you know, the reason why she doesn't have ba- the baby pics that you so desperately want, Patrizio, is because when her parents fled the Lebanon to escape the war, they couldn't take everything. And can I just tell you that that was a little bit triggering for me, actually. My family is in a very similar situation where they had to leave a lot of stuff when we came over to Australia. So, you know, I felt for her. I think it was, I I think there's a very um, natural bond between these two women. Mm. But Nina just is giving me nothing. She's not giving you anything. <laughs> All right. So speaking of things that we're giving... This episode all led up to Chanel Ayan's birthday party, which was at Shanghai Me. Let's talk about the outfits. It was so wonderful to see people theme it up, even though I don't believe this was a themed birthday party. Oh, it was suspicious. <laughs> um, Caroline, I thought Caroline did the most subtle version of what she thinks being Asian is. Oh, no, I thought hers was the most suspicious. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like... I thought thought Lisa's was. No, I I saw Sambri and I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. Her idea is Chun-Li from Street Fighter. And that's why it's suspicious. Yeah, I was enjoying Sergio's shirt, though. I was like, that's how you pay homage. Like, that's quite nice and subtle. But Chanel Ayan, it was too much. Um, It's her birthday. It was a gift. Yeah, but, yeah, true, a gift. Um. One of my favourite things that happened at her birthday party was where she told her husband that she doesn't like his outfit, but he looks good. <laughs> he did a good job. <laughs> Imagine just like, but the way she says it as well, like smile on her face, like just having the time of her life, just like, I hate your outfit, but you know what? You do look good. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand that. You can like, I... you can... You can hate something and still appreciate that it's serving a look. No, no, but, like, she was just impressed that he tried, I think, is is what she was saying. And his outfit was terrible. I thought that right from the beginning, especially compared to hers. But not her, like, getting it on camera. <laughs> like, she's a class act. She's phenomenal. She's top tier. She's hilarious. Yeah, she's the MVP. A hundred percent. And I just thought it was the perfect way to end the event. And I think end this episode. A hundred percent. Well, as always, the king of the north or wherever you live with your fur. Nobody else I'd rather talk housewives with. Thank you, Moshi. Yeah, we definitely would ask everyone to rate, review and subscribe. I got it right this way. You did. And follow us on Instagram at from the lower level pod. Moshi, there was no new episode next week. 
No. So we'll be taking a short hiatus next week. Patrizio is gallivanting across the globe uh, in his new royal role as King of the North. Um, And we'll be back the following week, hopefully wrapping up Ultimate Girls Trip, talking Atlanta, talking Beverly Hills, talking Dubai. Something's going to have to give. Something's going to be amiss. But um, until then. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,